to the Craggy Rugby Podcast. It's the midweek edition prior to the first game of the season when we play when Connacht play Glasgow in the sports ground on Saturday. I've got William Davis on the line. Good evening, Alan. And my name's Alan Deegan. We've got a very busy podcast today, but we had um, the launch, the TG Cahar launch today in the sports ground, William. It was yeah, uh, they've, they've come on board and they're going to be showing most of the, mostly Connacht games, but they're also going to be showing uh, deferred coverage games and they're going to also have coverage of Munster and Leinster games against Welsh sides it's um, it's a slightly new departure for them and uh, they launched it in the sports ground today we were invited along to, to hear what they had to say which was, was very good and then we also had the opportunity to talk to a couple of Connacht players uh, and I spoke to Jack Carty and I spoke to Tom Farrell Tom, it's uh, three days out now to the uh, first game. I, I get the feeling that everybody just wants to get started now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's huge excitement around now. Um, I was actually chatting to one of the boys yesterday and he said, Turner was saying he actually can't wait for the game. Um, it's going to be huge excitement, obviously. Um, the boys are, I think we're ready. Um, like we've had a good pre-season. Uh, like like Andy was saying in the next door, like it counts for nothing if we can't get these points in these first few weeks. So because I have time on my hands, I worked out it's eighteen weeks on Saturday since Connacht played a, a competitive game. It's it seems a long time, but it seems to have come round fairly quickly. You've alluded there the preseason has gone well. Yeah, it has gone well. Um, Andy's come in. He hasn't looked to change too much. He's let uh, the other coaches kind of do their own thing and and like. Like with Jimmy and Pete and Nigel, like they have their own aspects of the game that they want to um, implement. So Andy's just come in, overseen the whole thing, and maybe added small little details from from his history or from his experience that he has. And when you say small little details, is that perhaps looking at uh, just closing out situations or accuracy, which sometimes let Connacht down a bit last year in in all phases? Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, the word is accuracy. It's Andy's. Um, He's big for that. Like he, like the smallest details that you think you might neglect, um, you might neglect in the game. But like he'll call you up in the video and he'll not necessarily give out to you, but he'll say like, look, this is these are the small details that are going to make the difference. So whether if it's body height at rock or you're finishing off a tackle or landing on top or folding around a rock, it's just the small details that he's big on, and I think they're going to make a difference hopefully. And is it uh, a situation that with very small injury list? It's very competitive for places. Everybody's put in their hand up. Everybody wants to get selected, especially in these early games. Yeah, the competition at the moment's huge. Um, before we even signed all the lads, I think we signed maybe five or six of the new boys. Um, there was already massive competition, but these boys are only adding to it now. Um, particularly in the back row, like I think we've had a competition throughout the summer, and then we have Colby just arrived there earlier on in the week, and he's just going to add more competition to that again. That's a good thing. Yeah, it's a great sign. Um, especially like we've also like Kyle, Robin, um, Dave Horowitz, Johnny Murphy. Like these are all great additions to the squad, um, and they're only going to add to us and improve us. Obviously, J- John Muldoon uh, retiring is—it's uh, a big change for Connacht, but I suppose it's also an opportunity for other players to stand up and take their uh, take their leadership roles. That now they can't just defer or expect him to make the decisions. Yeah, I think that's the case. All right. Um, Mull was great for us last year. There's no denying it. Like um, he really was the go-to man. Uh, tugged in, tugged out week in, week out, and everyone looked up to him. But like this year, uh, we've implemented a new like 
leadership group. Um, it's not just going to be solely on Jared to run the team. So we have five or six guys in place now um, who were voted in by their fellow peers to uh, to run the team, basically. And all decisions through management and players will kind of be liaised through this leadership group. So I think it's going to work well for us. Jack, I was just talking to uh, Tom Farrell there. Uh, pre-season's going. Can you, it's a case and I think everybody here just wants to get started. Uh, yeah, look, we had a really enjoyable pre-season. Um, obviously, we finished the season last year on a high with that Leinster game, and it was kind of a thing you were wishing that the season kind of went on. Um, so we finished in a good place, and we kind of hit the um, ground running with the three pre-season fixtures we had, um, Breve, Wasps, and Bristol. So it all bodes well. I think it's the most important thing is, though, that we go out and get a, a big result at the weekend because that work that we've done in pre-season, um, it would be disappointing for us not to not to get a big result. And I think the last um, last two years, our starts of the season haven't been great. And it's kind of left us in a place where we've been trying to catch up on ourselves. So I think the, the first three games are vitally important for us. Connacht and Glasgow is the sort of the, the standing dish for the first game of the season. Um, they had a poor end to the season. Is this a real opportunity for Connacht to set down a marker on Saturday by coming out here and showing exactly what they're capable of? Yeah, I think so. Um, look, Glasgow will be trying to do the same thing. Um, they came here last year and they uh, kind of set the set their stall out from that period up until Christmas. Um, kind of the alludes to there that they had disappointing kind of end of the season last year. I think that was maybe down to a variety of factors. A lot of key players for them were had decided to leave. So I don't know if it was a case where them fellas weren't weren't fully in it, but under no illusions that that Glasgow team will be coming fully stocked with their Scottish internationals um, plus the bit of class that they've signed I think DTH is back with them from Newcastle um, and they're just, they've threats all over the pitch um, but I think for us it's about focusing our game obviously we, we had a small bit of a look at Glasgow um, but if we bring physicality, tempo and accuracy to our game um, you would have seen it last year when we brought them three things um, especially in our interprovincial games they were the things that um, won us games that like flipped flip that coin they were the things that also when we lost games they were the things that were right down so I think if we focus on ourselves and focus on them three key elements um, we'll be very close to winning the game at the weekend Is it possible to put a, a percentage on how much tougher a, a fully competitive game than this is than say the game against Wasp um, I think maybe the Breve and Wasp game were quite similar and obviously it was quite early in pre-season for both ourselves and um, Breve when we played them had one game under belt and then when we played Wasp we had one game under belt that was their first game them two games were quite similar in terms of how both teams played um, I don't know if the, the, those two teams had their defence structures in place they were kind of big scoring games and they gave us a lot of um, space in the width which we played to a lot I think the benefit for us is when we played um, Bristol at the weekend the conditions were quite different to the two previous games uh, it was wet a bit of a slight wind and then Bristol played a lot of players in the front line which I think at the time when you kind of saw the rain coming down you were kind of annoyed about it but uh, in retrospect when you look back and I think it'll bode us well for the weekend we went a bit in, into the game last year a bit undercooked in terms of um, the conditions we played in so we at the weekend we played quite direct and it gave us the ability, something maybe that we hadn't had in last year or since the last two or three years about going out and actually winning games um, where we hadn't played to um, 100% of our ability and I think that was one of the main things that came out the weekend. Um, hugely physical game with um, three in, uh, New Zealand internationals, a few Aussie internationals, um, but we kind of gave them a real good test and we we were hanging on in at the end, but our defence... Um, 
which is something that probably hasn't been um, something that we've hung our hat on over the last couple of years. It really has been an asset for us, so we'll be looking at um, keeping that going. A very busy TG Carr launch today. Um, plenty of media about, William. Yeah, look, there's a, there's, a, there's a buzz around the place. I think they, I think they need to get started. Um, it's been a it's been a long enough preseason. It's been quite a successful one. They've played three games. They've won the three games. This is I still think this is a very tough start to the season. It's it's a knife edge thing. If they win a couple of those games, it'll get the season off to a great start. It'll get a real. It'll keep this buzz going. Mm. Um, but it's it's not easy. There's there's there are no easy games. But there are games. I suppose there are games that are not quite as hard as these. It's a tough run, um, but I think they're ready. I think they're mentally ready, and I think they're they have a game plan in mind. And if they can execute that, it's going to be it's going to be good to watch. And we could be we we could be off to a very good start for Connick. Yeah, because the you know at least one good thing for Saturday that we know is that the forecast is looking pretty pretty reasonable compared to last year's. I don't know what it was last year, but it was horrendous. Um, so yeah, we're we're looking forward to a, a cracking a cracking match on Saturday. Um, let's hear what what some of the Glasgow guys have to say about what they're looking for um, in this season and a little bit about the first game. Um, we'll hear from Dave Rennie. Worst conditions I've ever seen for a game of rugby. Uh, horizontal rain and. We mentioned that Peter Horn had a shot at goal from about 18 metres out and it went back over his head. So, um, But yeah, well, yeah, we managed to sneak through. So uh, it's always good to get a win over there. Obviously, uh, we had a hit out last week against Harlequins. Going to bring back, um, I think it's about seven um, of the international boys this week. And there have been a few more in line for Connett. So, um, but yeah, look, it's, it's a tough comp. They're on our side of a draw, and you need to win away games to to feature at the business end. So it's a big game for us. Yeah, look, it's massive. Um, it's, it's, it's massive for momentum. Like our first three games are all against tough opposition on our side of a draw. So um, so they make they just, they almost double up those points. You know, you, you get some and they don't, or vice versa. So, um, but I mean, what we found. I won't be saying this to the players, but we don't need to be 10 out of 10. Um, the key is that we're building and and developing and, and so on. So, But we'll want to get away to a good start and hopefully that um, couple of weeks makes us battle hard and for, for Conant, who obviously had a, had a big win in the weekend as well. So, um, you know, I, I think they're, they're probably a better side than they were last year. We would like to thank the official Connacht Rugby Supporters Club for supporting the podcast. For the most detailed, informative travel news for away matches, check out the Supporters Club website at connachtlan.com. Membership is only €10 Euro and includes a member's gift, exclusive merchandise and much more. Go to connachtclan.com for all your supporting needs. OK, now we're going to talk about the women's... Interprovincial series, which is going to be run over the next three weeks. 
and um, we were both up in the sports ground watching a, a really a really good training session last weekend. William, and you got to talk to some of the players and the coach. Yeah, it was a very uh, intense session on a very hot day. Sort of a it was a bizarre four-hour interlude of <laughs> summer on Saturday. Uh, I actually managed to get sunburned, which I don't think I've, has ever happened to me before in the sports ground. Um, but afterwards, we had a chat with uh, Connacht women's captain Gronje Egan, uh, Amelie Rue, one of the team members, and also Brian Murphy, ex-Connacht player who's now the backs coach. Up at the sports ground here on a beautiful, warm Saturday afternoon, Connacht women have just finished their uh, training programme for the day, and I'm joined by Captain Gronje Egan, backs coach Brian Murphy and Emily Rue. Now I'm going to start with Captain Gronia. This is your uh, your final training session before the first match next Saturday. Um, we will have a run out next Wednesday. We'll gather in Athlone and um, do like a team kind of run and refresh everything, and then we'll be ready to go. It's a very short season. It's sort of uh, it catches people by surprise that the interprovincial season just starts and it's it's three consecutive weekends. Yeah, no, it's like it's tough that it's so like short and it's back to back because if anything happens, you can very easily miss the whole like series. Um, and you never want it to end. It's always you always want more games. Like there are three excellent high intensity games that you don't really get. Uh, so it's a pity it's only three, um, but we make the most of the three we have. Yeah, it's uh, you're away in uh, Cork next Saturday, and then the first home game is the following uh, Sunday against Leinster with a three o'clock start, and then the following Saturday here against Ulster with a two thirty start. And I'm encouraging everybody who hears this on the podcast and on Galway Bay FM to come up and support. Brian, good to talk to you, an ex-player, somebody who played a fair few times out out on this ground. How did the training session go today? Uh, very good. Um, I thought we were just trying to get some clarity on um, some of our details, and as you saw yourselves when when it worked out, it was it was unbelievable. Some of the girls out here have have brilliant skills, and once when they put it all together, um, we're we're going to do some damage over the, the course of the Interpros. And does the fact that it all happens in such a short space of time is that easier as a coaching package, or would it be easier if you had a little bit, you know, if you had say a week between each each game, so you could go back and really get stuck into the review? Yeah, it's a, it's a strange one. We've been we've been on the road since June when we we trialled here in Sports Ground. Um, the Interpro seemed quite far away at that stage, but um, over the last few weeks, it's kind of just a a, a big realization that we're we're that close to getting on the pitch and playing. And yeah, hundred percent, it's it's a tough week between Interpros because we're trying to get we're trying to get footage, we're trying to get analysed, we're back training again on the the Wednesday, we're trying to get as much detail back to the girls of what went well what went badly and what we want to um, change for the, the week after so it, it is quite intense but um, look it's, it's exciting as well um, it, it's three weeks and it's full concentration and hopefully we get a get a big result at the end of it and Emily who's just told me she's from Paris you're very welcome to go away how uh, do you find uh, women's rugby is it different in Ireland to France or how do you find it uh, I never played rugby when I was in France, so I only started when here in, with Galwegians. And uh, I love the girls, I love rugby here, and it's such a great atmosphere. So, yeah, it's really good. So you only st- that was the first rugby you played at all? Yeah, yeah, never played rugby in France, no. I played other sports, but never rugby. 
And what attracted you to rugby? Or did they just say, come up and you're going to love this? Uh, no, I always watched the Six Nations back in France and I always liked the way Ireland played rugby. So when I came here, I, I was just, I wanted to try something else and wanted to meet new girls as well. So that was the only way to, to do it with rugby. It's a, it's a slightly difficult question because I, I have a presumption that you'll be picked next week. But of course, the coaches, I have to say, in case you... But you must be looking forward to having two home games here this season. Because last year, there was a good crowd here for the, for, the final, for the final game that Connacht got when they only had one home game. Yeah, it's really exciting to have two home games, especially when they're in the sports ground, because we can have a lot of supporters coming. And uh, yeah, compared to last year, when we only had one game, it's going to be different and... Yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to it. Well, that's good. We look forward to seeing you. I'll go back to Gronia, the captain again. Uh, slight changes to your squad this year, uh, thanks to my stats man, Alan. Um, as he's telling me, one drops out and about 11 different changes. So how have the newer people or newer women fitted in? Yeah, they've been excellent. They've been great finds. Um, yeah, I think they've slotted in like seamlessly. They're on board with the system. They're just lovely girls and yeah we're delighted to have them they've really strengthened our squad this year Alison Miller's big loss that was I have to say that's one of the worst injuries I've ever seen I was only watching on television it was absolutely horrendous I hope she's recovering well and getting ready to come to come back and play but uh, how how does do you just does everybody have to step up do you can you use that and say we can't rely on or maybe the star player which she was or everybody now has to get stuck in play that bit better look to fill the gap yeah like uh, get well soon Ali if you're listening and she's back running and stuff so uh, hopefully she's working hard on her recovery and she'll be back soon um, yeah like Ali as everybody knows is a um, super like international player can do a spark of brilliance um, but the, the system and the team that we have like our rugby is played across the pitch that from one end to the other it's not something that you're reliant on a spark from a winger like that like that can happen and that's great and we will miss her terribly but we have stronger people in all of our positions than we had last year and they, they are their skills are better and we've improved based on what we did last year so um no we're we're confident we're, we're not really focusing that at all we're we're ready to go with what we have They're sounding very positive. They're sounding as though they're 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 really going to try and give it a lash this year, um, because it's it's over the last few years, Connacht have got closer and closer to winning the title. Yeah, look, they've they've got uh, they're they're away in Cork first to play Munster, and then they've got two home games. And I think they I think there's a real confidence there. Uh, it's a slightly odd setup that they play these interprovincial games straight off mm. three games. It's a done job. Um, so there isn't a lot of time to recover or and you gotta remember these these are amateur players, so they're they're not uh, they're not in a training camp scenario every every day. But they seem well prepared and they they seem very hopeful and I, I think if they can play as well as they did last year then they could cause a couple of surprises. Munster and Leinster are probably the the obvious favourites. But tight games, every, every game counts, every score counts. So um, they need to play for the full 80 minutes. 
Yeah, because they were they were unlucky last year. Like two years ago, they they only lost on points difference. Um, like with with you know three sides winning two games, um, and it was only a, a points difference that that cost them the the title. And last season, uh, they were unlucky to let a a, a try in pretty late in the game against Leinster and Donnybrook, um, which cost them a losing bonus point, which would have given them a chance to to win it on points difference. Um, as they had Ulster to play last, and at the moment Ulster. Are, or have been the, the weakest side for the last couple of years. Having said that, um, they played Ulster in a pre-season friendly a couple of weeks ago and it was a very tight game. So the quality of the game is definitely improving and the, the competition between the sides is, is improving rapidly. So I think it's going to be a tough one. But if you want to watch some great rugby, some really interesting rugby, hopefully again the weather stays good, um, you'll be able to watch them in the sports ground on Sunday the 9th of September at 3pm. Uh, playing against Leinster and then the last weekend of their season um, is Saturday the 15th at 2.30 in the sports ground well worth well worth your time to go and, and watch them play absolutely I'd encourage everybody to come along um, give them some support they're very proud to play for Connacht um, unfortunately on Saturday it's it's sort of up against uh, Connacht's first home game and it's in Cork but uh, we'll be giving it as much coverage as we can when they're playing the two home games. There was quite a good amount of support in the sports ground last year and they said it really spurred them on to play really well because it was the first time they'd beaten Munster. So, um, you know, home support makes a huge difference and we would definitely encourage everybody to go along and watch. And the other thing we were doing last weekend on on Sunday with not quite such pleasant weather, it has to be said, down in Limerick, we went to watch the under-18s when the... Um, interprovincial club title with um, some fantastic rugby yeah it was a thoroughly enjoyable uh, occasion um, it was freezing cold <laughs> and it was more like a day from mid-October uh, than August uh, it was very wet it was a nasty crosswind it didn't stop Connacht they, they kept their skill levels really high they'd beaten uh, Con- uh, Leinster and Munster earlier in the, in the week and they were they were expected to beat Ulster, and they did. But they played some lovely rugby, scored seven tries, and they were delighted. They celebrated. They were ecstatic, and it's, it's great to see. And uh, we caught up with Captain Dara Murray and also Coach Colin Tucker. Delighted to say I'm standing in the foyer of the dressing room area here at the University of Limerick Sports Complex with the winning Connacht coach, Colm Tucker, and the winning Connacht under-18s captain, Dara Murray. I'm going to start with you, Dara. How good was that? Uh, it's just unreal. Like we, put through, we put the work throughout two years, like such a special feeling now to get that out of it. No, well deserved. And how good a week has this been, even allowing for today being the main thing, but this whole camp, this opportunity to come together and play as a team for a week? Well, it's been unbelievable. Like, lads bonded here that you never think of bonded, like only one day if you went out and played a match and then come home and that. But we stuck out through the week living with each other, you know. It's just a special feeling then, win this. So, so you have to st- sort out the difficult ones when you're living with them for a week? Yeah, yeah. Ah, sure, we get through it, like... You know, we know our differences and we are, our learnings are, we go out every match, you know, we play it as best we can. It looked today a very cohesive unit, even even in those difficult conditions. It was a nasty old crosswind and a bit of rain. And and how do you find the artificial pitch? That's grand. There's a few cuts and burns here, but, you know, we're tough men. Like, we can get through it. There's no soft ways we stick together and everything. And 
looking forward to the future where do you see your rugby career going I'll just go back to training now put in the hard working club and get through pre-season and everything and just play hard and you're in Buccaneers yeah, yeah so a special shout out to them yeah yeah but you, you've you've guys from clubs all over Connacht here and all from different schools. I've seen a, somebody from St. Giles, which is obviously a GAA heart, heartland, and uh, it's great to see them all coming together to play rugby. Yeah, yeah, they're all special boys, you know. They come from everywhere, you know. They're all talented as well. Colin, we spoke before the game. How, how pleased were you with 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 that performance? Yeah, um, very pleased with them. Obviously, I mean, like, there's a lot of pressure on them today. You know, first time experience and. Um, you know, having won two games and, and and you're in a situation where you you know you're winning your your interprovincial champion, so they had to handle a, a fair amount of pressure in that respect today. Um, but they focused on themselves brilliantly. I thought um, we scored some really good tries. I thought we looked after the ball very well. As you said, it was it was very very difficult out there. Um, and I thought you know they were very physical and uh, the same way they've been all week too. You know they've been very well led by this man beside me and um, you know the boys have followed behind him. So they've been they've been a, a joy to work with. They've been a great group. Great group and it's it's great for connacht rugby because it's it's sometimes i mean we we, we have our moments in the sun at, at different ages and different levels but to win three games here and to, to actually come away with with a trophy how, how good is that yeah it shows a i think it is important and it shows a lot of um you know it shows a lot of minerals within the group it shows they have they have massive ability but it shows they have massive character as well and that's what was demonstrated throughout the week against leinster they showed huge character to come back and uh you know a huge performance against munster and, and they backed it up again today and it's been a massive squad effort every single one of them have started every single one of them have contributed to the to the to the three games and to the week so yeah it's been it's been it's been really pleasing really pleasing Thanks to sportsnewsireland.com for their sponsorship of the podcast. Go to sportsnewsireland.com for all your Connacht rugby team news. Okay, before we, we do um, our season preview, I want to introduce a quick uh, interview I did with um, former Connacht player Mike McCarthy, who's doing a climb up Mount Kilimanjaro next year. Um, representing Connacht, uh, he'll explain it in the in the interview um, to raise money for the IRFU Charitable Trust. So let's hear from Mike McCarthy. Mike, welcome to the Craggy Rugby Podcast. You played professional rugby for seventeen years, Wasps, Connacht, Newcastle, back to Connacht, and finally over to Leinster. Then you had nineteen caps with Ireland at the same time. So what have you been doing since you retired? to keep yourself as busy as you were during those 16, 17 years? I suppose it's a bit of a shock to the system. So when you when you retire, 17 years is a pretty long time and uh, you know some fantastic memories and great times at the various different clubs. Um, but, you know, it is literally like walking off the edge of a cliff when you finish because you, you're so used to having that kind of schedule, being with your mates, uh, living and breathing it every day. It's, it just becomes a routine. And, uh, you know, it's a big change when you stop playing. It's, and it's the same for anyone who has to retire. So, um, yeah, no, I wouldn't say it's been easy. I, uh, you know, still, it's kind of over a year now and I still wish I was playing at times. Um, still these pre-season games going on now and, uh, you know, kind of mentally you think you could still do it in your head. But uh, obviously the, the body's not willing anymore. Um, but uh, yeah, no. Since since I finished, I kind of took a bit of time out for six months, and then I uh, went to work for uh, Vodafone as a corporate account manager. So 
completely different change of going into a big corporate world into, into an office and that was fantastic learned a lot of good lessons met some great people um, and then my wife being pregnant with our second uh, she's from Newcastle I met her when I was playing at Newcastle and she kind of always wanted to move back to Newcastle to be near the family and you know help and support with the kids so we've got our second one on the way in seven weeks Oh well! So, uh, congratulations. Yeah, so I suppose I'm, uh, cheers. Yeah, thanks. So I'm, uh, I suppose I'm an adopted Geordie again now. Um, so yeah, just settling in. Really, I've just started a new job with the Rugby Players Association. So I'm getting stuck in and enjoying it. I've had an interesting week actually this week. So I was doing a bit of uh, shadowing, going around the different clubs. So I was in Leicester on Monday. Right. Uh, got got to catch up with uh, Matt O'Connor and a few players I've seen before. You know, I know from the past. Mm-hmm. Um, Stay with Jimmy Gopper on Monday night, and <laughs> then Tuesday I was in at Wasps. Wednesday I was in at Sale, and uh, Thursday I was in at the Falcons. So it's interesting just to go going out and seeing the different environments, and uh, you know they're all pretty similar, but kind of very different as well. If that makes makes sense. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah, and and, and obviously keeping you busy and, and, and stopping <coughs> you. Like I have, I haven't played a game of rugby in over thirty years, and I still feel as though I want to get out and play. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Exactly. I don't think it's something that's going to disappear at any stage. No, no, not at all. Like so, I've played, I've played the odd game of touch and you know things like that. And uh, oh yeah, you certainly miss it. You're one of only three players who scored a try for for and against Connacht. Do you remember who you were playing for when you scored the try against Connacht? I, I do because I don't think I've scored many tries tries <laughs> since then. So uh, uh, yeah, I scored one for Newcastle. Newcastle yeah, uh, yeah. Off a off a mall. I think that was at Kingston Park against Connacht. In it, the was, European yeah. it was Challenge Cup. Your uh, five your five tries for Connacht. One of them was against Leinster. Yeah, um, saying that actually that that that's, that brings a memory to my head. One of my you know one of my best wins with Connacht was when we beat. Uh, I was playing for Connacht. We beat the Falcons, and it was you know when they, they had a pretty amazing team. The likes of Carl Heyman. Mm-hmm. You know Jamie Noon, Johnny Wilkinson, uh, and yeah, no, we we had a uh, Toby Flood was playing for them. So right. yeah, no, that was a really good win for us that day, and uh, yeah, it was a good. It was, and, and yeah, I was I was in the I was in well, it wasn't the clan stand at the time, but the the, yeah. the terrace was there, and that was the first night that you really got a feel that kind of could, you know, could compete at a higher level, and certainly would get the locals involved because it was a huge crowd at that match. Um, you know, from from your point of view, you saw you you played with Connacht when. The clan wasn't there, and it was you know just this sort of bare, barren field. All that's happened is to put a shed up, but it's made a huge difference. Did you notice that when you came down playing for Leinster? Yeah, big time. I can, I can remember when uh, all those years ago. I think it was two thousand and two thousand two thousand three. No, two thousand and four, two thousand five season. I was living with Mark McHugh um, down the Headford Road and Swifty uh, in Skelligard. Uh, all those years ago, Swifty didn't drive, I didn't drive, we were like 24, so we, we shared lifts with Mark McHugh and got a lot of taxis, but uh, yeah, it was literally, you know, one man and his dog, you know, possibly a few more than that, but, to, you know, to see where the clubs got to and, uh, you know, obviously culminating in them winning the uh, winning the Pro 14, mm-hmm. uh, which which is kind of, um, it was amazing, so um it's, it's a great atmosphere playing at that, playing up there, and tingles down your spine when you're running out in in front of the clan. So, uh, no, great place, great place to play. Yeah, and passionate fans. And like tomorrow, you know, they're they're going to to Athlone to play against Wasps in a in a preseason friendly in Buccaneers. And and you coached there for a little while last year. Yeah, I had a I had a season there. Uh, unfortunately, we we got relegated, but uh, you know, great bunch of lads. And, but there was there was some there's a lot of the young Connacht like the the the, the academy players. Yeah. You've a few academy players. Like what what did you make? Them, like. they're, they're great. Um, Peter Claffey's got you know a huge frame on him. He's a big man. I remember when I was back at that age, and you know I was struggling to 
you know, to be at the right weight. So mm. he, he's, he's, he's got that already, which is, you know, fantastic. Uh, Paul Boyle's a great player, great leader. And reminds me a lot of uh, Pete, Pete Omani. So, um, oh, nice. you know, uh, I think he's starting against Wasps tomorrow. So mm-hmm. it's good to see. And um, Did you enjoy the coaching? Like, you're, like you've moved away from the coaching. So did, was it something you decided it wasn't really for you? Well, well, not really. Like considering we, you know, we got relegated, I, 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 I really, actually, really enjoyed it. I mean, as I said, the lads are a great bunch of lads. Um, but ultimately, coaching it, you know, even before I went to Bucks, it wasn't something I was looking to do. It wasn't something mm-hmm. I was. The opportunity came up, and um, the reason being is I was looking forward to get my weekends back after playing for so many years. You know, with coaching, you got to be prepared to move around a lot. So. Um, yeah, that's ultimately the reason that um, I haven't carried it on. You were um, the ambassador and the, and the board member of the National Children's Hospital for three or four years. How, how did that come about? It came about through um, uh, Rugby Players Island. So right. they're, they're, they're our union that represent us as players and they do a fantastic job. And, you know, some of the things they try and encourage us to do is work experience, uh, you know, study options. Um, as well, getting involved in a in a board and giving something back, but you know, also, you know, helping a charity and doing what you can for them, but also to kind of get experience of, you know, being being in a board meeting and things like that. So, you know, that was that was a great opportunity, great four years, and you know, amazing to see the work that those those guys do. So, and I take it this is the sort of thing you'll be encouraging the players to do now that you know with with the work you're doing in England. Exactly, yeah. No, so it's it's come full circle. So now I'm on the other side, and yeah, I'm working with uh, Sale Sharks and Newcastle Falcons. So it's kind of been a, a sounding board to the players. Um, I'm going to be in the Falcons twice a week in the actual environment, and Sale Sharks twice a week. And you know, you're trying to motivate and encourage the lads to to do as much as they can, so they're in the best position possible to transition out of the game. And you know, that comes in the sense of just being there to have chats with the lads and you know being able to relate to you know issues problems and you know maybe feelings that those guys go through but then also to encourage them to to do study options to mm. to perhaps uh, find a mentor in a partic- particular industry or sector that they might be interested in um, and yeah just to do as, as much as they possibly can uh, and I suppose to, the fact that build up the CV and, and the fact that you you had to retire not of your own accord in that you were forced to retire, that that'll be something that you'll be able to sort of help them, because you know most yeah. rugby players don't get to retire under of their own accord, and it certainly it was very sad yeah. to see you having to retire the way you did. Yeah, well, look, I was I was an, I was an old man, I suppose, but you know certainly before all that, I felt you know could keep going for another two or three years, maybe like uh, Swifty did. Uh, so I think <laughs> he got to thirty-seven. Yeah, yeah. And I was thirty-five, so. Yeah, no, I certainly felt I had it in me, and I'd signed a two-year deal to go to Narbonne, beautiful part of the world, and you know, unfortunately, failed my medical. So, um, was you know, I was looking forward to to getting out there and you know, finishing finishing with something different. Um, but yeah, like you look at, I mean, when I was a Lenser, look at the academy, the guys coming through, and you know, just everyone's getting bigger, faster, stronger, and um, yeah, I suppose you. you the longer time goes on you're pretty lucky if you get to uh, past 30 as a, as a professional rugby player so I look back and uh, while I miss it a lot I kind of realise you, you have to be thankful and uh, happy for you know what, what the time you did have in the game you do indeed you do indeed so that, and yeah. that brings us sort of to the to the main point of our, our conversation tonight you're, you're, you're going to climb up Mount Kilimanjaro and you're looking for some Connex support yeah maybe de- maybe a bit of inspiration from uh, seeing the kind of stuff that Damien Brown's doing but obviously it's mm. Certainly not on the kind of level that Brownie's doing it, but uh, yeah, amazing what Brownie's done. But uh, 
Yeah, no, it's uh, exciting. Really looking forward to it. Uh, you know, I have to try and keep the keep the beer belly away uh, somehow. <laughs> and uh, this great opportunity to go. There's four of us. Uh, uh, Stephen Ferris representing Ulster, Shane Byrne, um, Leinster, myself representing Connacht, and uh, Marcus Horan from Munster. So it's happening in January. Um, yeah, I don't really know what I've got myself into. I haven't started training yet, so I think it's 6,000 metres, just under 6,000 metres the climb, and we're doing it over the whole trip's 12 days away. Right. Um, so I think the climb time is about seven or eight days, uh, finishing off with a bit of safari at the end, which will be which will be, be brilliant. Um, we've got a training training weekend in Glendlock coming up in uh, the start of December. Okay. So, yeah, better start getting training. And there's a bit of abuse in the WhatsApp group between the four of us. <laughs> and it, it, it's through Earth's Edge, a, a, great, a great company. Ireland's only fully uh, licensed adventure travel company. Um, so they've been fantastic. And uh, for a great cause, the IRFU Charitable Trust. So, you know, supporting severely injured players. Um, so, you know, that... That, that helps helps and will we'll spare spare us on. And is there like can, can people join you? Is there a way of, of people you know getting involved with you guys or? Yeah, you know, you, you just you can sign up. So if you just go on the Earth Said Earth find them on Twitter or Facebook or, or their website, and um, yeah, there's a, there's a few spots left on each team. So um, it's yeah, I can tell you all the lads are really excited. And it's going to be uh, it's going to be a trip of a lifetime, and I'm sure some great memories will be made on the trip. Yeah, yeah, it certainly seems like that. We'll we'll um we'll tweet it out when we're we're popping you up on the podcast. We'll make sure that okay. people are aware and and, and uh, Cheers, we'll get them much. get them on to yeah. outside. If there's anything you can I, do, I, anything I, we can do to help you, just give I, us a yes. shout. Well, well, I tried to ask Swifty, but he's uh, he's you know he's got so out of shape since he's retired. He, <laughs> he just didn't think he could do it. So. Uh, that's a shame. I'm sure he'll appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, listen, Mike, I won't hold you any longer. I really appreciate your time. Oh, no, thanks very much for having me. I've enjoyed it. Um, so we'd encourage you, I'll be tweeting out that, that link to Earth's Edge um, if you want to get involved with, with Mike, and you can catch Mike on Twitter and give him all the support you can. Um, and one of the things leading into our season preview is um, I asked Mike during the interview, about players that impressed him in, in um, Bucks last year when he was coaching. And the first name he came out with was Paul Boyle. And he's impressed us as well, hasn't he, William? He has, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, only, it's only warm-up games. Um, but he was very impressive, I thought, against uh, Wasps in Athlone, which is the one game I've seen. Uh, but we've also heard that he, he did well last weekend against Bristol. I think... The feeling around is that there's a lot of players have their hands up for selection. Mm. Uh, there's a few players are, are unavailable, um, as you'd expect, but it's inevitable. But I think this pre because the last two pre seasons have gone so badly, I think anything was an improvement, and this has really this has really gone well, both in terms of what they what they've achieved. On the, in the in the three games that they've won, and in the fact that the players seem energized and ready to go. But you, you have to look at the at the quality of players we've brought in. We Connacht haven't done this sort of decent business for about three years, maybe four years. The last time we brought in, you know, players of the of the quality of Robin Copeland, who's an Irish international, um, Kyle Godwin, who's an Australian international. Colby Fainga, who's on the verge of being an, Austra- uh, an Australian international, you know these are quality guys, and you've got um, 
Killian Gallagher has come coming through the ranks up from who've been promoted from the um the academy. Now that's only some of them. There's another four or five guys there that, that you know I think could make a huge impact this season. I think all squads need to to freshen up uh, over time, and I think this this has probably come at the right exactly the right time for Connor. Many of these uh, players have have been selected and have come through under under the uh, Kieran Kane regime. Kobe Feinga is about the only person that that I can definitely see has been selected and required by Andy Friend. But I suppose I, I'm, I'm always a sceptic. I, I won't see what they do when they're in a competitive game against another side mm-hmm. who are bringing the same thing to the table. They, they're both starting on no points. They're both confident. But I'm definitely, we were aware that the last two pre-seasons weren't right. There's, there doesn't seem to be anything that's been missed in this one. What I've been impressed by is, you know, one of the things I, I wanted from the very start was to hear that, that Andy Friend was going to bring a change of culture. Um, and from what we've seen at the games, and I, I was able to watch the game on Facebook, um, the, the Connacht clan did a great job <laughs> sending, putting, the, putting the game up live on Facebook last week, thanks to um, thanks to Seapoint for that. Um, but it's the, the work rate. And something that we saw, you know, the year we won the championship, the, the work ethic from everybody was brilliant. And looking at the culture, you know, even today when um, getting ready to do the interview with the with the two lads, and Tom Farrell helps get the chairs out to, you know, first to sit down, and you know, um, um, Jack Carty looked as though he was someone. Someone wanted to ask extra questions, and Jack said, "Yeah, go ahead, no problem." And you're sort of going, that's the sort of culture you're looking for. They're, they're, they're trying to be the best that they can be. And I'm, I'm being really impressed right across the board from everything I've seen so far. Let's see how it <laughs> goes on the field. But, you know, in the background, it it's really has been impressive. Uh, it has. But as I say, and as the coach says, um, it, it's, what they, it's what they do. I mean, there's a lot of teams there who are going to bring a similar ideas mm. I thought one of the interesting things that, that Andy Friend said in, he said it in Glasgow and he said it previously we will know at some stage into the season uh, how it's going and if it's not going right we'll have to change it uh, and that's that, that, that is the right approach and there's a new captain there's new players in the squad so all the ingredients are there it's just a matter of, of pulling it together. And I suppose, you know, if it's a tight game, finding a way to close it out, which has been an issue uh, last season, probably the season before as well. Games drifted away, concentration went. And I, th- I, I think I said it in the podcast last week, if, if you can win these tight games and you win one, then you're more likely that you'll win the next one and the next one because you, you, you find a way to do it. Yeah, the opposite of that is if you don't, then it preys on your mind because you think, okay, we're back here again now. Um, it's sort of a bit like the hurling final where Limerick switched off in the in the extra time period. There was eight minutes, and they got tired, and they it's just it's almost it's, it, it panicked a little bit. It happens to any team. It's knowing how to get through those really difficult situations. But it's yeah, it's fascinating start. I'm, getting a bit bored getting Glasgow the first game of the season maybe yeah. next season they could give us somebody else maybe we could even have an away game next season to start the season 
of course, there's six other matches at the weekend. The competition starts on uh, Friday night. Uh, Cardiff Blues hosting Leinster. Ospreys hosting Edinburgh. And Zebrae hosting the Southern Kings. They all kick off at 19.35 Irish time. Various television channels to look out for. Uh, Premier Sports, Air Sports, TG Catter, uh, as well as Free Sports. Uh, Connacht's game is 3 o'clock on uh, Saturday, which is a standalone kickoff time. Uh, live on Galway Bay FM, of course, with uh, our colleague Rob Murphy and uh, Joe Healy. Uh, and then also on Saturday, quarter past five, Munster hosting the Toyota Cheetahs. Ulster Rugby hosting the Scarlets. And Dragons hosting Benetton Rugby at 19.35. And all of these games televised, all 152 games now televised. One great thing, we'll have TMOs now at every game. Uh, so there'll be no facility for anybody to feel that the, the referee made the wrong decision. Well, unless the TMO makes the wrong decision, but <laughs> it's, it's, an, it's an even playing field. Every game televised and the opportunity to, to watch what all those teams are doing. It, it, it's a fascinating start to the season. It, it has, uh, it's built up uh, fairly slowly, but it's ready to go now. And if you want to get the fastest set of results, go to sportsnewsireland.com. Okay, and just to, 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 to finish off, um, we're going to have a prediction league for people who want to do predictions um, using the superbrew.com. Um, there's a craggy, craggy rugby site. Look for Craggy Rugby. You'll find us on there. You can join us to see how well we do at our predictions. So to finish off our podcast, William, what are, what are you predicting for Connacht this season? Well, I think they're going to win on Saturday. That's my first prediction. Wow. Um, I think the minimum would be a 50% season. So it's a 21-game season. So you want to be winning more than you're losing. Mm -hmm. I think the home games are absolutely crucial. It was uh, when Connacht won the Pro 12, they run 10 out of 11. Toyota Cheetahs last year showed by winning 9 out of 11 in Bloemfontein. So home games are vital for them. And I'm hopeful that they can get to that level. If you can win 12 or 13 games, then you're, you're pitching at playoffs or European qualification. Uh, that, that's, what I, that's what I would be hopeful for. Um, yeah, and I'd be, looking I, at, um, I'd be looking at us going for the Challenge Cup and having a, giving it a real good wallop this year. I know we've got a you know, pretty tough group, but um, I'd like to see it. I think there's, it, we really will find out whether all our new signings have the, the depth and quality that we hope they have um, that, that we've become very competitive in there and I'd like to see us get to get into the quarterfinals get a home quarterfinal with a possibility of a home semi-final and you, you just never know from there on um, and yeah I'd like, I'd like a home win on Saturday as well to get the season off to a, a, a cracking start okay you didn't say you didn't say Alan there whether you think we're going to get a home win or so you say you'd like one so you're sitting <laughs> Okay, okay, there, okay. Alan. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with a a three point home win on Saturday. Um, right. Okay, we're gonna leave it there. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes. Um, you can listen to us on Google Podcast. They've got their own podcasting app. If you're struggling with any of the other podcasting apps, but all good podcasting apps, um, you'll find uh, the Craggy Rugby podcast. And um, we'll be back again two podcasts a week throughout the throughout the season. Thanks, William. Another one wrapped up. Good night, Alan. Take it easy.